Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the one and only and amazing Mr. Greg Dickerson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you. Oh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this. Uh, I, you know, as one of my experts every week, you're the one that, uh, I don't know how I want to say, plays, invests, leverages, uh, you know, the opportunity to make some money in crypto over the years. Uh, obviously, we've had uh, an interesting week. We were already in crypto winter. Now we have this bad actor at FTX. And I was just curious, when you look at kind of the smoking rubble of the crypto space now, uh, did you see this as a good thing, right? A cleansing? Do you see it as the end of the space? Do you see opportunity coming? There's just so many questions I have. I'll just sit back and let you go. Yeah, yeah. So it's never good when people lose their money. So, you know, in terms of that, there's a lot of people that have lost a lot of money. And it's and it's gone back in this bear cycle, as Warren Buffett says, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. So there's a ton of leverage in crypto. Michael Burry put out something last year, I think it was, or maybe it was earlier this year, that he said, if you don't understand the leverage in crypto, you don't understand crypto. We're starting to see now with like 3AC, Celsius, FTX. I mean, it's just one after another. What we're finding out is that they're doing a number of things. <clears throat> they're taking customer deposits and leveraging that. And, you know, so anyways, on FTX, uh, you know, specifically, they took customer deposits and used it to gamble and speculate and things like that. So, I mean, it was just outright fraud and theft. And that's why I've, you know, coined the phrase instead of Sam Bankman Freed SPF, Sam Bankruptman Fraud. So that's oh, kind of what I'm calling go. him. I like but it. Anyways, that's very creative. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it's very unfortunate. Now, this time in the market cycle is a good thing because what's going to happen from all this is that in this country, we're going to really get on the fast track to regulation. And that's what the space really needs ultimately. You need regulation. The problem is the government can't decide on who's going to regulate it, CFTC or the uh, uh, SEC. And then they have to determine, you know, what's a security, what's a commodity, where right. Bitcoin could, you know, could be Bitcoin's property could be considered a commodity, where some of the tokens are like securities. You're issuing, it's almost like issuing stock. Right. The other problem with the space is, is a lot of stuff's created out of thin air that has no backing. That's just, I mean, there's a lot of scams or just outright scams. They do rug pulls. They create these things. They throw them out there. But, you know, FTX as a technology was a legitimate exchange, just like a stock exchange for people to understand what, what that was and what it is. Uh, there's exchanges like Coinbase, Binance, FTX, and that's where you go to buy and sell cryptos. So you deposit your money with them. Uh, or you can buy stable coins like Tether or USDC and you deposit it with them and you use that to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. And you can leave those on the exchange or you can move them off into a cold wallet or cold storage or whatever you want to do uh, once you uh, have access to those. But the problem is 
These exchanges, other than Coinbase, are operating out of the United States. They're not prov providing any, you know, legitimate audited financial uh, statements. They're, you know, telling you what their assets are, but they don't tell you what their liabilities are. And as we found out with FTX, it was upside down. Um, so it's 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 the wild wild west. I mean, it's it's the riskiest of risk assets that you could possibly invest in. You have no guarantees, no protections, no insurance. Um, for me personally, I've used Coinbase because they're in the United States. They're a publicly listed company. They are scrutinized and somewhat regulated by the SEC, but it doesn't mean that there's not things going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. It doesn't mean, and they sent an email out you know, a few months ago when stuff was going down, that if they end up going bankrupt or become insolvent, which, insolvent, which they're not right now, and there's no indication that they will, but if they did, um, that your assets that they are holding custody of could become property of the bankruptcy. Now, yeah, I, re say, I remember that email. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Early. And they yeah. say on their website that your property is your property. We don't take it. We don't leverage it. Here's a key phrase. We don't lend it out without your permission. So they're still doing it with permission, which is rehypothecating. And that's not a good thing because who knows what they're rehypothecating it into? What are they lending it into? So, you know, uh, and then you have the ones that are outside of the United States. Binance is the largest. A lot of people trust Binance. You know, but but Binance is, you know, they've been barred in a lot of countries. They've been, you know, fined, investigated. They're constantly being shut down. They're moving. They don't have a headquarters. They don't have a physical location. They're basically on the run. And, you know, I think they're a house of cards as well. I, you know, I don't have any proof, yeah. evidence, documentation. Yeah, the other thing on on Binance, and again, I'm not in the space. I'm just a a somebody who's devoured material over the last, I don't know, four or five days. They also seem to be, you know, I think what uh, FTX had this thing called FTT. That was their coin. Binance right. apparently has a similar coin, BNB. And uh, there was a Twitter handle. I think it was Allie. I, I'm going to forget her last name, but I've, I've, I've given her credit many times. She, she actually did a Twitter storm or a Twitter series basically calling these FTT and BNB clown coins and relating them to McDonald's as an example so the average person like myself can understand. McDonald's creates these clown bucks and starts giving them to their vendors and employees and and then takes it on their balance sheet because they, they can show that their partners bought these clown bucks for X dollars. And oh, by the way, they have all these extra clown bucks that they haven't distributed. So suddenly they have more value on their balance sheet. Then they use these clown bucks as collateral for dollars that they then go out and do other things with and leverage up. And then Starbucks over time collects a bunch of clown bucks and they take them back to McDonald's and they can't get their money back. And then suddenly you have a crash. These are these are fake. These are there's no utility. These are just totally they're just clown bucks. It's crazy. Well, and they're printing them, selling them, and then they take the money and do whatever they want. So, yeah, that's that's kind of what happened with FTX and the FTT. That wasn't the whole thing. The big thing was he was taking customer yeah. deposits and doing bad things with it. So he is most likely probably should end up in jail. The problem is with these other exchanges, they don't operate in the U.S. So even if we have regulation, we can't regulate them. They're not in the country. We can ban them. We can bar them. But then people use, you know, uh, one of these IP things where you can hide your IP address. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, and a lot of these crypto YouTubers will tell people, hey, go get these devices so you can use these exchanges that are barred in the United States, which Binance is one of them. There's Binance wow. U.S., but that's different than Binance. Wow. And you can't trade on those exchanges. Um, so, you know, you'll see that. 
But, you know, the biggest issue with that, and that, that leads into like Tether, okay? Right. Now, overall, I'm very bullish on the space. I understand crypto well. I understand blockchain. I've been studying it for years and I'm not doing anything with it right now because I'm waiting for all the dust to settle. And, you know, there's better Delta in stocks right now anyways uh, with the volatility. We'll talk about that next. But as far as crypto goes, it's not going anywhere. It's a nascent technology. There's a lot of good things coming from the crypto world and, you know, use cases for NFTs, use cases for Bitcoin, what Bitcoin was initially created for, not what it's become with, with the leverage and the speculating and all that. But, you know, uh, it does have its uses. I have people in my businesses that pay me with cryptocurrencies. You know, usually it's a stable coin or something and I'm not big on those. So I cash them out quick. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't trust them. Anything can happen. Uh, but, you know, some of this stuff will go away. You know, some of the exchanges are going to go away. Some of these tokens are going to go away. So that's the good thing about what's happening right now, crypto winter. It's going to wipe out all the a lot of the junk. And then hopefully we can get some good quality regulation. And then, you know, the space can kind of move forward and evolve. Uh, and we saw, you know, in technology in general, you know, what that looks like in terms of uh, opportunities. Um you know, Bitcoin itself, how low will it go? I don't know. We've seen in the last four years, it's hit three to $4,000 twice in the last four years. So that is on the table. That's a probability. Can it go lower? Sure. Can it go to zero? Sure. That's not impossible because Bitcoin is maintained by a decentralized network, computers around the world. Miners are in trouble right now because it's costing them more to pay the electric bill than they can sell yeah. Bitcoin. So- yeah. If it gets to the point to where nobody can afford to keep computers on to maintain the network, well, the network goes down. Now, yeah. that's a big if, and that's a big systemic situation if that were to ever happen, but it is a possibility. It could also suffer a, an attack as the network gets weaker and the value comes down. Somebody can come in with a 51% attack and, you know, kind of create, take the network over and create some, you know, issues there and mm. rehypothecate and stuff like that. That's a little over my pay grade, that kind of stuff. That's more technical, but it can be, the system can be attacked uh, by somebody taking over and controlling more than 51% of it. So there's risk there, but is that likely? Probably not. Is it probable? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it can happen. Yeah. What's likely is Bitcoin is going to probably go around 10,000 to $14,000 and kind of hang in that range. Like we've been hanging up here. I think that's your ultimate potential where a low can be put in. And if we don't have any other systemic cracks or risk, which as it gets lower, a lot more stuff's going to collapse and, and happen and fall out. More people will get liquidated. Um, you know, it can kind of start carving a bottom out there, depending on what happens in traditional finance and those other things. So right now, I think that's where it's going. I don't think it's gone. I don't think it's over. I don't think it's going to zero or ending. I think it's just going to wash a lot of stuff out. We'll get clarity and regulatory uh, direction. And, you know, the space can reset itself and then start over like it does pretty much every four years. Yeah, it's one thing to look at. Again, I'm not a crypto bull fan or whatever, but it, it, this just feels to me very much like what I personally went through in the dot com crash, right? We had all of these companies that you know weren't doing anything but being valued at crazy numbers. Most of them went to zero, but we had a few, you know, Apple or Amazon and others came out of that kind of fire. I suspect, as I sit here as a a very very casual observer that uh, there will be a few people that survive. They will probably be stronger for it. And more importantly, there will be infrastructure put in place where we don't have, you know, BS coins created to steal money from people. So I think at the end of this, you know, which could be months, quarters, or even years away, depending on how long regulation is, crypto could actually be stronger 
coming out of this. At least that's how I look at the fire. And again, I don't have a, you know, I have a horse in the race, but it seems to me that this horrible, horrible situation might actually lead to some good things. Is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, what I just said, but you know, the, this is exactly like the dot-com thing. And when you look at a lot of the stocks that made it through the Amazons and, you know, the other stocks that were around back then, Google, you know, I mean, here was your peak right here in the dot-com. And then this is where we just went to. I mean, literally it's a blip in the whole scheme. Right. Now where we just went to, you know, was a very distorted, unrealistic fed liquidity driven top, but take a look at the pre pandemic highs of 2020. It's still a mega you know, it's still just a blip in the radar from the tech sector of where things went to. So crypto could look the same. Now, I'm not saying Bitcoin's going to 500,000 or a million or anything like that. I don't believe that right now. I don't believe that. Um, I don't see that as likely or probable. Could it return to all-time highs once everything gets cleaned out and all that? We were we were there before. It's hit 21,000 in a normal, we were still, we were in a you know QE environment. So, I mean, I, that's definitely realistic. That's definitely probable. I don't know how long that'll take. I don't know what can happen. I don't know what will happen or when, but I know what can happen. So all we right. can look at is where things have gone, but those have been bull market, Fed driven, yeah. QE, you know, zero interest rate environment. And one more thing on, you know, Tether. So Tether, uh, so here's the thing for people watching that don't understand. Don't trust exchanges. Um, you know, make sure that you're not investing with more than you're able to lose that, you know, if it, and understand that you're taking that risk, it's all going to go away. So look at it like venture capital. That's how I look at it. You're investing and you're expecting to lose it all because that's how venture capital works. One or two might play out, but most of them are not. You're just going to lose your money. So you average it out. That's what this space is right now. And uh, with Tether, that's another one, just like Binance. They're not providing any documentation, legitimate, audited by a legitimate, you know, American auditor you know, uh, showing their information. They keep saying, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, and they don't. And this is the same pattern we've seen with all of these other ones when they collapse. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a big one where they're just printing tethers. Here's the thing to understand about tether. How are they making their money? They're issuing a stable coin dollar for dollar. You put a dollar in, you get a, you get a stable coin. Mm -hmm. that, that's expensive to maintain that at $60 think. billion. Dollars. <laughs> you would so think, how yeah. are they making any money? They're know. taking your money that you're depositing in exchange for a tether and they're investing it. Now they were investing in risky commercial paper. They're investing, who knows, you know, they're taking it and they're buying tokens and reselling. They're doing the same thing that FTX was doing. Um, they wow. just haven't been caught because again, they've been traveling all around the world. Now they've settled, I think in Belgium because, you know, I mean, it's the money laundering capitals of the world where these companies are settling and, wow. you know, these areas where they can get away with stuff. So I mean, Tether is a ticking time bomb, too. I mean, it's just a matter of time before that explodes, you know, if things get low enough and people start redeeming fast enough, because now they say all our money's, you know, or half our money's in treasuries. Well, treasuries, you can't liquidate dollar for dollar if you're on a fire sale. You know, you have to sell them at a discount. Treasuries, you're buying for maturity. You don't get your money back unless you hold them to maturity. Back to maturity, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you wow. know, those are, those are risk assets, not risk, but they're, you know, they're risky in the event of a, a bank run. So mm -hmm. you really can't trust Tether. You can't trust any of the exchanges, even Coinbase in the United States, regulated public company, all that. I still don't trust them. I don't keep money on there. I'm in and out. I'll do my thing and I'll take it off because if, again, if they go bankrupt, you know, you're locked up. So mm -hmm. you got to be very careful and, and you have to be very calculating and you have to make sure that whatever you're putting out there, you're willing you're willing and able to lose. Well, this is why I don't really play in this space, but it is fascinating to watch from the sidelines. So uh, you have an amazing YouTube channel where you talk about this stuff uh, and you've been doing it for a long time. So people can go back and look at all your content. Where would they find that? 
yeah, gregdickerson.com. Yeah, I do daily updates on the markets, crypto, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, to me, it's venture capital. You know, I, I'm opportunistic and you know, I'm not risking, you know, maybe maybe 10% of liquid. That's it. Nice. Very cool. Thanks.